Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make you happier and then we talk about it and we find out how it went. Um, I'm sorry that this episode has been so way delayed. I know that it's been a long time since we've put one out. Uh, I've had a lot on my plate, guys. A lot on my plate. And I love this show, but it's a lot of emotional labor. So as a responsible person taking care of my own mental health and self-care, sometimes it takes a couple weeks before I can put the energy into doing another one of these. Uh, you'll hear in the episode that uh, physically... Not feeling so great for this one, so I uh, struggled through <laughs> my words a little bit. Uh, I hope that it wasn't too disruptive to the call, but you know, it's a nice little snapshot of reality. And, uh, uh, you know, who doesn't love reality? <laughs> so <laughs> I hope you enjoy that. Our guest this week, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's Brendan D'Souza, host of the podcast Shredded. Uh, amazing human being in general. So excited to have them on the show. Their assignment was all about uh, connection with others and self-esteem. We just had a, a really good talk. Uh, this was something that I think I really needed this week. I really needed this chat. So Brendan, thank you so much for that. Uh, it's just such a delight to have you on the show. If you want to go support Brendan in general, you can follow them on social media at Dasouzi, D-A-S-O-U, Z-I-E. Uh, follow them on all of the social media. You can also listen to their podcast, Shredded, the breakup podcast. I was uh, the most recent guest of that podcast even. So what a natural crossover uh, to have <laughs> each other on our podcasts back to back. You can pop over to that one uh, and listen to what it's like when I'm a guest. I'm, I'm basically the same. And if you want to support this podcast in general, you can like, rate, subscribe, hit that little follow button, you know, recommend it to a friend, uh, sing little songs to yourself about how much you love this podcast when you're in the shower. If you want to support me on social media stuff, you can follow me at Hamiltrace. Uh, lots of quality photos of my dog on that Instagram, guys. Uh, she is really cute. She's sleeping beside me right now, and I feel very blessed. So... <laughs> Anyway, um, in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation with Brendan D'Souza. Brendan D'Souza. Hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. I've been looking forward to this literally all week, even though like the assignment was very stressful. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but I'm glad that you're still looking forward to it despite the stress. Yeah. Uh, we start with an honest, how are you? So how are you for real? Oh boy. I think um, I, I, I'm having the best version of this year that I can have. And I'm shocked to say that I'm actually doing very well. Um, I feel... That's great present and active and awake and yeah I'm, I'm 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 happy yeah that's amazing i'm super thrilled to hear that that's how great. are you i'm okay <laughs> I'm, a, I'm okay um as you know i almost had to reschedule this recording because i woke up with a really terrible headache 
Yes. Uh, but it is. It, subsi- it subsided pretty well for like okay. mid-afternoon. And then now it's starting to creep back. So I might not be like the world's best podcast host today. So I apologize to you as my guest and, the, and to the listeners. But hey, I'm just modeling my own advice. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I don't have to be amazing today. <laughs> it's good. You know what? It's enough to just to quote, show up. To quote you on my podcast, know your limits and respect them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, but yeah, how am I in general? I'm doing generally pretty okay. It's a real mixed bag right now. It's a real mixed bag. I've got some stuff that's like really great and like good and exciting and things to look forward to and stuff like that. And then I also have some stuff on my plate that's like stressing me out and, uh, anxiety's having a field day and stuff. So it's a real mixture. Oh, well, it happens. Doesn't mean you know. it's bad. I'm just uh, just doing no. life. No, nope. not judging it. That's just nope. uh, it's, it's what what's happening, and that's okay. Yes. <laughs> Should we get into your assignment? Oh my god, please. Okay, so uh, I told you that you had to sit and think of three people who you really admire, and mm-hmm. what qualities you admire about those people, and then mm-hmm. if you were comfortable reach out to those people, message them, and let them know the qualities that you admire about them. So how did that go? It was hard. And it's, okay, I don't mean to say that, like, there's a lot of people in my life I look up to. But in terms of, like, admiring, it was hard for me to, like, figure out, okay, how do, can I, okay. Um, It goes back to, like, a very long history of not really having role models or people to look up to and Mm -hmm. you know like as like a queer person of color and in the arts there's there really wasn't anyone looking like me growing up so even in adulthood where I like feel like I'm in my lane now it's still like weird I I try not to I'm not saying that I consider myself the smartest person in any room that I'm in there's definitely people I look up to but it was hard being like who are the people I look up to the most which was how mm-hmm. i interpreted the assignment which may have been incorrect um no that's fine that's a that's a perfectly fine interpretation of the assignment okay so there was one person who came to mind very easily it's my friend peter he works for should i introduce the whole thing about he works for cbc arts um yeah you can if you want yeah that was like the easiest one and then the other two slots kind of stayed open and i didn't get to a third i got to two okay. i messaged peter and i talked to my friend ty in person so nice it's yeah so uh your friend peter and then ty so what qualities do you admire about peter what did you tell him i told him i really appreciate it he's he's got a column for cbc arts called queries that i've read for years before i met him and i told him that meeting him was like meeting a real life celebrity and I really admire the, um, the I really admire the honesty, the creativity, and the point of view in your writing in a parallel universe where I went to journalism school instead of theater school. I'd want to do what you're doing, and I really respect the work ethic and drive in the new directions you take your projects in. And it's really That's inspiring great. to witness from afar. Yeah, I personally try to find like I 
have immediate respect for someone who's able to do something that I can't do. Because if it's something that I can do, I just assume that it's easy for everyone. Like, I'm a really good singer. Oh, interesting. So if I meet someone who's, like, also a good singer, I'm like, okay, Not whatever. But if I meet yeah. a good dancer, <laughs> I'm like, you're a god. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, mm-hmm. Peter is a very good writer, and I really love to write, and I am tiptoeing towards becoming more comfortable in my writing ability. But anytime I read something that he's done, I'm like, this is so well written. So it's got such a clear perspective. It's so original, so creative. And I love where you draw inspiration from. So I I told him that, and I told him that I try to emulate that in things that I do creatively. And mm-hmm. yeah. I would say that that's not an example of a thing that somebody is good at that you can't do. That's an example of somebody (laughs) who is good at something that you are also good at and already do. (laughs) (laughs) It's something I want to be better at. How about that? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I think I can definitely be a better writer. I can write faster and I can have clear perspectives. Like, I think I'm very good with words and I think I have a decent facility of language by showcasing through the sentence but um in terms of like like I don't know like say like journalism like finding like a story or finding something oh this is something that it moved me enough to like sit down put pen to paper and write about and like having Mm -hmm. that point of view yeah basically I told him that I admire him because he's not an idiot (laughs) what did he say in response did he message you back he did. He said that it. He was having like, um, like us. Uh, what's the word? Um, an imposter syndrome type of day. So it was a lovely message to receive. Which then I was like, oh, I'm so happy that I could do this for you because you're not someone who I assume would ever get imposter syndrome. Yeah. See, I feel like that's a really key piece to recognize here because <laughs> what you're describing in your own feelings of not being good enough yet. Uh, is imposter syndrome. And what we so often don't realize is that the people that we're looking up to, the people that we consider as being way more skilled in something, way ahead of us in something, they Mm -hmm. also feel like imposters. (laughs) They are also looking at someone else being like, oh, I wish I was a better writer. I wish I was as creative as this person. Yeah, Yeah, we're all doing that all the time. I don't know if I specifically consider it imposter syndrome for because like as someone who like traveled most of my life presenting as male and getting a lot of male privilege specifically in comedy and in the performing arts I try to remember or remind myself as much as possible how much does what I'm saying need to be said can it be said better by someone else and Mm -hmm. it's not like imposter syndrome for me and it's very important to me to like remind myself it's okay to not be the smartest person in the room and that to me doesn't read as imposter syndrome but I know that like when I explain that to people like especially like my friends or someone who are like hyping me up so much you're like oh you're doing so much great stuff I'm like I'm doing fine like it's really not that important like that then can read as I don't think that I'm doing as well as I think I am but it's I think it's important for me to like have that humbleness aspect because otherwise I would fly completely off the handle and be as insufferable as I think I am 
So this is something that I hear from people all the time, especially people in comedy. Mm -hmm. Whenever I'm having a conversation with a comedian about self-esteem, that uh, in my experience, many, many comedians, when I have had conversations with them about this, have said mm -hmm. basically that same thing of <laughs> sort of, I need the, well, like what you called humbleness uh, yeah. to keep me from being a megalomaniacal egomaniac uh narcissist yeah that <laughs> that you but the thing is it's like it's important to recognize that those where you are and where that is are very far apart mm -hmm. those are very far apart and uh i don't think that you would <laughs> that you would go totally in that direction uh also uh, like I've had this conversation with uh, John Mostyn before, who's also been on this podcast a couple times, mm. and yeah. Uh, yeah, we were we were talking about this and how it's like, uh, it's like okay, it, uh, I need the self criticism or the. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm struggling with my words because I'm in pain today, <laughs> but oh, okay. um, that it's like. I need the I need the low self esteem to motivate me mm -hmm. to push me to get yeah. better, and if I didn't have that, then I wouldn't be better. And like I need the low the low self esteem to keep me grounded from being crazy, full of myself, and obnoxious to everyone. Mm -hmm. When the yeah. reality is, like it, there's a if you're if you're working on building healthy self esteem. Someone who is a mm -hmm. like a air sucking out of the room egomaniac narcissist person, mm -hmm. that person does not have a healthy self esteem. That person also has low self esteem and True. it's just manifesting with different behaviors. So, okay, dealing with right. So, that's not the other end yeah, of the no, spectrum. Very much so. It's the same end of a different spectrum. <laughs> it's like it's the it's a different <laughs> symptom of the same stuff. So, what yeah. I'm saying is, I think you could let it it's just let go a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I just want you to, to feel yourself and, <laughs> and know you're great. Well, if I can. If I can like tie this back to uh, the 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 homework assignment of like messaging someone who you uh, you admire. I didn't message this person, but before he moved to L.A., I considered Andrew Johnson to be like a moral center for me because like whenever we were hanging out, or I was talking to him about comedy. Like I'd go get coffee with him and I'd ask him all my questions and be like, "Tell me all your secrets." Um, Andrew Johnson is a very important mentor figure to have because they are someone he is someone who will tell you that you are the shit while also telling you that you are shit and it's a good yeah, okay. balance to have to be like you're great don't get ahead of yourself like remember the level that you are at don't overextend but always be looking for the next one and so that's what i'm trying to like remind myself totally in my head yeah, I have. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. You no, have... that was it. I have nothing <laughs> else to that. say on this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's okay. I think that the desire to constantly be working on yourself and bettering yourself 
and developing mm-hmm. your skills further is very important and uh you know mm-hmm. is sort of the whole thing of this podcast right it's just like just yeah. always be trying and uh, like mm-hmm. trying to be a better and uh, like more content version of yourself i think that the constant striving nature of this career makes it very difficult to be yeah. happy where we are because it is mm-hmm. so like you need to be looking out for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that it makes it really difficult for you to appreciate where you are in the moment because you are scanning for what mm-hmm. to improve to help you move forward. Right? Yeah, very much that. But uh, I think that taking at least equal time to sit in thoughts of appreciation of your current skill set and where you're at is <laughs> like equal. You should be spending at least equal time doing that as you are looking for the next thing, looking for what to improve. It should be at least equal. But that's so much harder. It's so much harder to be like, it's so much easier to be like, well, these are the things that I'm bad at. I'm not good at writing things quickly. And that's something I can work on as opposed to like, I I wrote a thing that I'm proud of, which sure I should do it more. Yes. (laughs) I do have like, if you look, well, you know, it's a list of things. that I've accomplished this year written on the wall behind me just to remind myself. I just don't That's read beautiful. it very often. I love often. that. Read it often. Have it in a spot where you're looking at it a lot. You really, we need to dwell more on our, on our achievements like we do with our failures. Yeah. You know, if I, if I fail at something, I'm going to sit in that for like a couple of weeks at least, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Yeah. Um, but after achievements, you just sort of like have a happy day and then you move on mm-hmm. and look for the next thing. You need to sit in the good stuff. I'm so glad you like. And uh, the reason why it's harder. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just, I'm so glad you like. We keep, we keep interrupting each other. It's right. my bad. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I told you I wasn't going to be a good host today. <laughs> You're doing great at being a bad guest. Um, I, I think uh, I, I, it's very interesting that you said about like, because it's not something I've thought of, like the striving nature of the career is like the biggest roadblock to that. Because, you know, you always want to be doing better no matter what. But I had a thought and then I lost it, but it was just to say that I agree with you. That's okay. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say that the reason why it feels hard Mm -hmm. to do that, to have the like, sit in the thought of I wrote something that I'm really proud of why Mm -hmm. that feels uncomfortable is because you have been focusing in a different direction that you have been focusing on the the lack the what's missing what could be better what needs improvement Mm -hmm. and so your brain is currently programmed to pay most attention to that Mm -hmm. but you if you start uh intentionally shifting the focus to the the category of things like I wrote something that I'm really proud of. Yeah. The more you do that, the more that becomes an automatic behavior as far as your brain goes. Mm-hmm. And then it isn't hard anymore. And <laughs> that voice will come in more automatically. So what are your thoughts on the social aspect of that? 
Because I find that, like, internally, it's difficult. Externally, it's even more of a minefield because we're all, for the most part, working comedians. We're, we're like, I mean, pandemic is the great equalizer. So we're all back at square one no matter what. But even like in like the before times, when someone like got something, everyone would be so happy for them. But if that person like showboated, it'd be like, oh, well, that person thinks that they're hot shit. When really they're just like celebrating a thing. So there is like, I find, and I hate this about myself, I really downplay my successes around my friends who, if I feel like they would feel jealous about it. And, you know, like. Completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I completely get that. And uh, what I would say is that. First off, uh, like there's a difference between celebrating your accomplishments and showboating, right? Mm-hmm. And if you are really like showboating, like I've de- we've definitely known people who have done things <laughs> like this, right? Where they're like, like, wow, you have found a lot of ways to shoehorn that into this conversation. Or like, wow, you have mentioned that many times. <laughs> and, yeah. And stuff. But uh, if, the, if someone is really, really playing it up, uh, and doing that, that's more because clearly they are needing some kind of validation and are feeling insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like if you have a person in your life who's kind of like that, uh, the way to get them to be less like that would to make them f- be to make them feel more validated <sighs> on the regular. True, 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 right? true, 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 true. Yeah. If that person felt like seen and appreciated and like people recognized that they have value more of the time, they'd probably be less like that like that but also if it's you and you are just just humbly happy for yourself and want to celebrate with your friends this great thing you Mm -hmm. know and they are feeling uh resentful and jealous and like what you think you're better than me like that kind of attitude yeah that is about their insecurities not Mm -hmm. you and your reaction to your accomplishment, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's difficult in this industry because we are coworkers and competitors in some yeah. ways, and uh, it feel it feels kind of like a Hunger Games scenario where like we're working Absolutely. together, but we're not all going to make it, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> so the only one of us is making it to the end, but like that's really exactly. not the way. It, so oh my god, I don't know. Because mo- most people, like a, a a regular person, should be able to, if they have a big achievement, whatever it is, like they got a big promotion, they whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they should be able to have that like jumping up and down with your friends moment, mm-hmm. right? Where the where they're everybody's like, yay, yay, this happened, <laughs> like celebrate, let's go out for drinks, you know, like yeah, uh, you should you should be able to to celebrate. Uh, happy things in your life with your friends <laughs> it's just a little more complicated when all of your friends are comedians so yeah. uh, what i have discovered the best system is is like because it's so difficult because even even a, a comedian who is your friend who is a close friend and who is generally like you know pretty secure and stuff it's still gonna there's still some kind of thing there where it hurts mm-hmm. a little uh for a lot of people to to hear that somebody else got something or that they're doing well. 
mm-hmm. which is unfortunate and really is just all about our own insecurities. If you're a person out there who feels that way when other people get things, that's mm-hmm. you. That's not the skill level of the person who got the thing. It's not their attitude about having gotten it. If you're having a reaction to that, that's information for you. That's telling you that yeah. something's going on with you, that that, that really bothers you so much. Yeah. But I would say, and what I've done is find a couple of friends mm-hmm. or family members who are not in comedy, who have no <laughs> stake in it, and celebrate with them. Yeah. Have, have people who aren't comedians who you tell when there's good news. Yeah. Because the reaction is so different. <laughs> it's so different. When you tell a non-comedian friend about something, they're so happy for you. <laughs> and they're so genuinely excited. And they aren't, uh, you, you know, scanning their own lives for where their career is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Competitiveness yeah, you need, is you need non-comedian friends who you can celebrate with. Yeah. And I know you have them. I mean, I know you have them. You have you have yeah, non-comedian but still four. performer <laughs> friends. That's fine. That's enough. Which is tell three also or four people dangerous. when something really good happens. Yeah. The non-comedian but I also mean, performer. The, yeah, that's also like because like the art scene is also in specifically like in Canada, it's also like so like mm-hmm. you have to do everything at once and also just be cool about it. But um on the other like, like of uh the like the jealousy aspect of it, I was on a road gig in Sudbury with Jacob Balshan and Ali Pierce and Jacob we were talking about this exact thing. That's I think a great it was, show. It was so much fun. And a great car full it of was great people. Like probably my favorite not my favorite, one of my favorite memories of comedy from before time. It was so much fun. But we were talking about like pretty much this exact same thing because it was like nearing showcase season. Mm-hmm. And Jacob said, um, I try not to get jealous of those things because this person getting something doesn't change my life. Like you exactly. could like get the call for JFL right now and my life will like go on. I'll be very happy for you. Don't get me wrong. But like, and that's something that frankly it happened. I heard that in January of 2020 and I have, uh, thought about it for a while last year and then it went away and I didn't think about it until now and I'm like why was this not like on my vision board Mm -hmm. that's a very wise statement (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that truth nugget Jacob Balshan (laughs) um okay speaking of good friends who you could totally celebrate good things with who aren't comedians Mm -hmm. what do you admire about Ty uh, so Ty, different Ty than what I think you're thinking of. Oh, um, uh, okay. Not, uh, the, the, not the Ty that I know? No, not not the TWC. Um, this Ty, uh, they are a, they they work in, oh God, what do they do? I've They've quit a bunch of jobs recently, so I don't actually know what their job title is anymore. Um, but they do a lot of community work in their arts, and they're a burlesque performer, and they also uh, teach... Uh, a lot of drag and they do workshops and they put a lot of work into like queer community building and stuff like that. So um, we became friends like 
last December and then I saw them recently this week and I was thinking about this assignment and I was like I really admire all of the work that you do because we were talking about um the ways that we avoid burnout and I was saying how I like take Mm -hmm. mandatory scheduled breaks and I uh, focus on only doing work that I want to instead of pushing myself for external obligations and all of that. That's but so important. That's so key. It's wonderful. Like Everyone we got to pause for it. just one moment for the listeners to absorb what you just said. <laughs> that is so wise. Yeah. Don't make yourself your do work when, that you don't want to do. Do the work that you're interested in. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll feel was, like such a chore and it'll suck all of the joy out of it. Mm-hmm. But then the case with Ty is all of Ty's work. There's people that like I'm a comedian and like a writer. No one's like living or dying based on my pen. But like Ty actually does work that supports communities and has like a lot of people that they work with and like are supportive of and supported by. So like being able to like take those breaks is harder and powering through the burnout is something that they said they they did a lot more which again not the greatest thing in the world but i was like i really respect your ability to do that and i really admire your ability to number one like build community and network and like just like talk to people because that's something i struggle with especially after like a year of being alone (laughs) yeah totally i completely forget how to have conversations which you know is a terrible thing as a podcast host I don't know how to talk to someone outside the context of a 45-minute podcast. Like, I can do this, no problem. You're on a screen on the other side of the world, I assume. I'm not sure. I can do that with (laughs) anyone else. Because, like, there's, like, a conversational format. But you put me at work, and you stand me face-to-face in front of someone, and they'll be like, how was your weekend? And I'll dissociate. I just don't know. Yes. (laughs) it's gonna be prepared we're all gonna have a lot of really awkward social encounters when this is all over yeah and i'm 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 telling myself that i'm looking forward to it but i'll say ty does not have that problem because ty just knows how to do those things yeah and uh, what did they say in response um i think they just said like thank you (laughs) Which is the right response. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So. It kind of sounds like. With both of the people that you chose. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. It's like they they have a thing. Mm -hmm. That you have like a chunk of yourself go on i'm really i'm really struggling how to formulate this thought this is uh it's okay this is real life real pain stuff this is (laughs) it's extremely distracting (laughs) 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 but basically like okay Okay, I think I found a way into this thought. We're <laughs> we might we might be through the woods here. Okay, so you know how when you find yourself being really annoyed by a person, usually the thing that's annoying yes. you about them is something that you have a little bit of. That if you're 
Yeah, if you're if you're um, finding something a quality in somebody else to be rubbing you the wrong way, a lot of the time, yeah, it's that they have an uh, when it, obviously I'm talking about when somebody isn't being like cruel or hateful or like just mm-hmm. an asshole. I'm talking about just some somebody who is very well meaning, very nice person, just <laughs> bothers yeah. you for some reason. That kind of person. That's usually because they yeah. have are demonstrating some sort of behavior quality that you kind of have a little bit of that maybe you aren't super fond of in yeah. yourself. And so you're sort of projecting your feelings onto this person. And yeah. the same is true with uh, qualities that you admire in people quite often. What you're admiring in them is something that you have a little bit of and would like to cultivate more of in yourself. Right? And so this is a way that I think might okay. be a good healthy way of beginning to look at pride as being something healthy for you that <laughs> you that we haven't even gotten like the earnest compliment yet and i'm already like ah we're gay let's do it <laughs> this is where this is all prep work for it i know it's coming <laughs> we're just having an hour-long conversation to make you comfortable before i give you a compliment <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like, so your friend Peter is a talented writer, is mm. creative, um, good storyteller and, and things. And you are also that. You have that. And what you're recognizing is a desire to like water that plant and have it grow a little more inside of yourself. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with your friend Ty, well, well, one thing that you said about them was that they are of service to other people, that they are mm-hmm. doing good, that they are putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. So you also do that. You are also a good person who helps and supports others and puts good out into the world and makes a difference in people's lives mm-hmm. uh, through a, f- a few different things. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe just the last 30 minutes of this will be a compliment. We'll see. Okay. Um, but... <laughs> But like with your podcast, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, you talk to people about the challenges of going through a breakup and how to cope through it. And I would imagine that many, many, many of your listeners are getting a lot of good from that and a lot of comfort and validation of their own feelings and coping strategies Mm -hmm. and skills to help them get through it easier and not feel so alone. And then through comedy... Comedy is a really important service, and I like. I'm. Uh, who knows? the The difficult thing is that at this level, it's not like we are famous people, you know, who have fans reaching yeah. out and stuff all the time to tell us what an impact we've made in their lives. But I know, as a comedy consumer and as an audience mm-hmm. member and as a fan, that comedy and certain comedians have had a humongous impact in my life particularly in terms of like mental health stuff when you're in a bad spot like Mm -hmm. connecting with a comedian can really help pull you out of it uh so you don't know how many lives you've affected you've performed (laughs) in front of countless audiences full of countless people who you may or may not ever meet again who were having whatever kind of day they were having that day in the middle of whatever kind of week that was for them 
and then you performed and then they went on to their life and you have no idea what kind of impact that could have had on them. They might have really, really needed to hear something that you said and they might have really, really needed to laugh that night and that might have been the first time that they laughed in a while. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, with, as far as like putting tangible good out into the world, I try to look at it like, I think I might have said this on the podcast before of like ripples in a pond. Like if you were dropping stones yeah. into like a still water pond and the ripples mm-hmm. continue and go out. And if you were to drop many stones in different parts of the water, all of the ripples would happen at the same mm-hmm. time and they would all touch each other. And that would affect the way that the other ripples formed and where they traveled. And so you're just in life trying to put out as many good ripples as you can. And you won't know the impact of so many things that you do. And you just have to trust and believe that you are doing good, even if you can't see it. And Mm -hmm. uh, that you have had a meaningful impact on other people. That is like something, again, comes back to like the striving aspect. Like I have the words do better tattooed on my hand and it's not in like a like a, a berating kind of way it's not like uh you should do the better other, the other it's... arm doesn't say you piece of shit no that's what my uh, thigh says um <laughs> no, it's, it's not it's not that my therapist makes fun of it so much she's like you actual idiot which i'm like fair <laughs> it's not like a disapproving thing it's like to remind myself what i'm capable of do you know what i mean Mm-hmm. It just in general, like you can do good or you can do better. And I always want to be doing better as much as I can. And it's exactly what you said about like comedy is very important and is a very powerful tool. I did, um, I was at my shredded was featured in the Toronto star a couple months ago. And I Amazing. got like a bunch of interview questions about it. And one of them was like as like a queer comedian of color what are you doing to give back to the community and i was like i'm an out of work comedian living in a basement for the past year in a pandemic yeah that's a I rude question don't have <laughs> like- <laughs> what would you like me to be doing and i like sat there and i typed up my response and i was like it was like a fifth, like a hundred page letter word response about like, well, I'm a visible minority. I'm a queer person of color. I talk about myself on stage. I try to be visible for the people who need it. And I just like, yeah, had I'm showing this, up. Like, bullsh- yeah, literally. And I felt so, this is the first time I've ever identified imposter syndrome in my life was like writing this fucking answer. I was like, number one, this is a stupid question. Number two, I'm doing everything that I can to build myself up so that when I, I can attain a level where I can give back and it's okay that I'm not there yet. Yes. Like I'm 100% doing what I can with what I have, which is what artists do. And then on top of it, the interview questions weren't even in the feature. So (laughs) that was like some fun, not necessary drama. I don't know. I try really hard. Like, but I don't know community is something that like as a queer person and a person of color I it's something that I want to develop more I just don't 
I, and I'm doing like, I think when you asked me what I wanted my assignment to be about, I said specifically connection, because that is something I struggle with. I don't really know how to make those connections, but like being aware of like my limitations again is, mm-hmm. has been very important for that. And to remind myself of like where I'm at is good. Where I'm going is going to be better. Did that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I uh, I repeat similar things to myself of like, you are okay and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Or like, you're going to have a good life and you have a good life. Yeah. Two things can be true. I, I think that that reporter uh, didn't have their questions published because they wrote terrible questions. Take that. Take that, <laughs> anonymous Toronto Star reporter. That's right, Tracy Hamilton coming for you. <laughs> That's a terrible question. That's a terrible question. The the way to I understand what they were sort of trying to go for. What they should have done is yeah. done their own uh, goddamn research and then been like, I like you do this and this and this for this community. Mm-hmm. Like follow up question about that. Not like, hey, I mean, how useful are you? <laughs> like, like, what do you bring into the table? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, the answer oh is, my I'm God. at Back the in January table. when I got that question. Yeah. I'm at the table. Like, okay. I'm here. That's where I'm at now. Back in January, if I'd gotten that question, like, what use are you? I probably would have said, not really, and then sent it along with, like, the podcast mm-hmm. artwork. But, uh Anyways, I don't know, but that is why I admire Ty. <laughs> because Ty yeah. is none of these insecurities. You know what I do sometimes if I'm like uh, wanting to access something in another person, in myself, in a moment, like in a particular Ooh. situation? Like if you were having a situation where you were like, ah, like I really wish I had this quality that Ty has right now, mm-hmm. um, pretend you're Ty. <laughs> What does that mean to you? For me, it would just be like, uh, not like putting on a voice or anything or like trying to adopt <laughs> mannerisms. It's not an acting yeah. or an improv exercise, but you know, just being like, okay, like for the next 10 minutes or whatever, I have to have this interaction with this person where this skill that my friend has would be really useful. Just be like, okay, sort of in the back of my mind right now, for 10 minutes, I'm going to sort of pretend that I'm that person or that that person is talking for me. Oh, that's so cool. And it's a way of kind of, because those qualities are in you, like I said, right? So it's sort of like figuring out a way of how to access them and bring them out. Well, because within Uh, reason, like if these are people that I admire, there was a reason that I was drawn to them and they were as well drawn to me to keep me around. So one can assume. Yeah. Makes sense. That's really cool. I've never tried that. I'm going to try that soon. Next time. Yeah, let me know how it goes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But yeah, I have, I have, uh, it's helpful too if you have, particular areas that you uh, struggle in or would like to have a certain skill that you don't really feel like you have very much of Mm -hmm. to identify that skill sort of in advance and then sort of think on like, who do I know that is really good at that? 
Mm-hmm. So that you have that already kind of stored away for the next time you encounter a situation where that would be useful and then you bring it out. Yeah. I uh, um, do that for um, times where I need to stick up for myself and not care what other people are thinking. I have I yeah. have a person who I'm like, that person's really good at that. <laughs> so I just sort of pretend that they're speaking for me in those moments. Hearing it explained like that, I absolutely have done that with um with Susan Wasick who like yeah. would, was one of like the finalists for the top three spot I do have a top three spot I just messaged the person but Susan was one of those finalists because like I think she's one of the most capable powerful intelligent people that I know and there's so many times where I'm like trying something I'm yeah like, she's well, a powerhouse yeah she can she's gonna take over the world um and like just like well Either I'll like straight up message her. I'll be like, what do I do? And she'll be like, okay, babe, calm down. This is how you do the thing. Or, okay, can I pivot? Um, when I was in college, <laughs> when I was in college, um, I didn't have a good relationship with my professors because whenever I, ha- like all of my friends would like go and like ha- have meetings with the professors and like have their office hours and like talk through everything. Every time I, like, thought about reaching out to, like, a professor and being, like, can I schedule a meeting to talk about this with you? I would just, like, go, like, well, what would he say to you if you were in that room? And I would be, like, oh, this. Okay. Skip ahead. We're going to move on. And that's it. Right? Is literally, like, what would that person say? What? Or, like, yeah, what advice would that person give me? in that moment and then how yeah, do I then I think, I think that's a super super helpful tool yeah i i think uh, especially because uh the advice that we give to ourselves mm-hmm. is often m- much harsher or uh less kind than the advice that a friend would give to us or that we would give to a friend mm-hmm. right so yeah. putting yourself in that sort of mindset of like, from another person's perspective, what would they have to say about this? And thinking of a specific mm-hmm. person helps you, yeah, to, to, to think about something in a different way or to approach something from a different angle. And the important thing to recognize is that like in those moments where you're doing this all just mentally and it's not someone who you've actually reached out to for advice, mm-hmm. if that works and uh, like it goes well, Remind yourself at the end that, like, thank you to that person for taking up imaginary space inside of your head, but you did that. (laughs) That was you accessing a part of you with advice that you gave yourself, Uh, so you get the pat on the back for that thing at the end. I just want to say that as well, that, like, if it goes well and that totally worked, you're the one who gets the pat on the back for (laughs) for going well. That is also very true. Okay. And to circle back, like I also but do that with Susan. Is like, such a complicated thing. Yeah, I have a very weird so relationship with it because like I hard. consider myself like I I can I believe that I think very highly of myself, but I would never consider myself to have high self-esteem. Does that make sense? Like I'm proud of myself. Ooh, but I'm never like, oh, you're the mm-hmm. best. Hmm. Well, I think it's also maybe helpful to not think of 
things in terms of anyone being the best. Well, <laughs> we've learned that over the course of like, this episode and also like just therapy is that like any extreme is bad. <laughs> yes. Like uh all you you don't have to be the best. You just have mm-hmm. to be just just good enough. 100%. That's all that's all you have to be at anything. Yeah. It's like if I'm like striving for like the best version of myself, I'm not being a present version of myself, in which case there's no reason that any for for takes in the arts example, there's no reason any consumer would be invested in that because I'm not giving you an authentic present thing. I'm giving you, oh, it's going to be good someday. Yeah. Like there's no there's a lot of trust to ask a person an audience to put in you. And that's why I think it's a barrier to success. Not that success is to be all in all. You know what I mean? I think all the time about, uh, like, it. whenever I want something, sort of, like, interrogating why I want that, because mm-hmm. it always leads back to the same place, and it's a good reminder for me, that, like, why do you want to be successful? Why do mm-hmm. you want to contribute to the world and help other people? Why do you want to have a good work ethic? Why do you any of the want any of these things yeah and there might be like several uh steps after each of those things of like oh i want success because i want to have money i want to have creative fulfillment i want all of i want status maybe or like all of these different things and why Mm -hmm. do you want all of those things in that list and then why do you yeah. want all of those things? And if you kept tracing it back, it's just, I want to be happy. Yeah. I want to be, be happy. I want to feel good about myself. That's all that you're chasing mm-hmm. in whatever your goals are. So just do that now. Like, you don't have to do the thing first. <laughs> like you, can, you, can just, <laughs> you can just feel good about yourself and, uh, and be content now without those things and the trick is that that will probably make those things easier to get very true very true you're gonna be a better performer a better writer a better friend a better person a better partner if you invest in your own self-esteem and loving and appreciating yourself that Mm -hmm will naturally lead to more connection with others and so let me ask you oh sorry go ahead yeah go ahead no go ahead ask me i was gonna say how do you um how do you um equate that to not equate to how do you um reconcile that with the concept of admiration for another person say more um like recognizing like you know like being present in yourself and like being mindful there like if this assignment was specifically about because I, I think I know the answer but it's your podcast so <laughs> um it was about like being happy with the qualities that you admire in other people how do you reconcile that with experiencing admiration for other people Mm, okay, I would say um, 
it would be looking at it as like a, a two-sided her not not two-sided but like a a, a two-pronged feeling okay. that you have the feeling of admiration for the for the person mm-hmm. right so you have this feeling of like oh i really admire peter uh, his work ethic is great he's a great writer and then the second prong is gratitude and self that you would go like, oh, I admire Peter for this and this and this. And then you'd be like, I am grateful for my creativity and my work ethic. Okay. It's that like you see something good in somebody else instead of being yeah. like, oh, I see a good thing in somebody else. Then I have to see a bad thing in myself or a not as good thing in me. It, instead yeah. of doing that, look at the other person, be like, I see the good thing in them. And then be like, and I am grateful for what I have that relates to that good thing. And making okay, it yeah. gratitude centered. I'm grateful to have this person in my life setting a good example and modeling these qualities for me. And I'm grateful for these qualities in myself. Mm-hmm. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Did that answer your question? It did. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, this, <laughs> these, <laughs> this is what I find helpful. There are no right answers to like questions. It. No. There are no right answers for we're everything, just doing our and best. Uh, yeah, we're all and everything is so individual, right? That like even advice that's good for one person isn't going to be the correct advice for another person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say if you're looking for a way to incorporate more self love mm-hmm. into your connection with others and your feelings about others, because it will also it, the more you do that, the more you will notice that sort of shifting the dynamic between you and that person. Mm-hmm. Because you aren't mentally putting yourself below them all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, 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 that yes. You are m- more associating them uh, with, a, with a good feeling that they give you. Yeah. And that they make you feel good about yourself as well. Because they model these qualities that you appreciate in yourself. Oh, that's so important. I can like count on like, all 10 fingers and all 10 toes, like comedians who like, I like look up to not even like look up to just like, I, I guess jealous, I'm jealous of their, either their Mm -hmm. stage presence or their crowd work or their writing. And for that reason, I have, there's like a wall between me when like I'm interact with them because I'm like, yeah, totally. When you're trying to make casual conversation with that person, even you have all this other stuff running in the back of your head mm-hmm. and all of these judgments of self and feelings of competition and jealousy. Yeah. So when you, like you were speaking earlier about how you find it difficult to to network and, you know, to make new connections and things like that. And so I feel like something like that might help a lot in that. That if, because I know that I, like, I do this all the time where I'm in a room full of other people, especially other performers and comedians, mm-hmm. uh, especially other performers and comedians that I admire and look up to and I think are really funny. Yeah. That I am mentally putting myself below all of them. And so I am feeling very small and vulnerable mm-hmm. and, uh, like, nervous and in my head and... And all of these things and self-conscious and I'm like doubling over like everything that I say, you know, like scanning Mm -hmm. it in the moment. It's exhausting. So if you free that up a little bit by 
by being like, oh, I am so grateful to be in a room full of people who are so funny and who I have so much to learn from. And I am grateful for this experience. And also I am grateful for these qualities that I have in myself. Then you're going to be more comfortable. You're going to have less going on in the background of your head. You're going to, so you're going to be naturally more yourself, more charming. Like you're going to be funnier. You're going to be more natural with these people. Mm -hmm. And, and then it just keeps getting better from there. The, everything that comes into your head is trying to do something good for you. Like Mm -hmm. all of these feelings are trying, they have a purpose and they're trying to do a job. And that voice putting, that puts you below everybody else is trying to protect you, Mm -hmm. right? It's trying to protect you from who knows what it is for everyone individually. Um, But for me, it would be like, oh, like protect me from embarrassing myself or um, protect me from judgment from other people, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it doesn't do a great job. (laughs) Just because it's trying to do a job doesn't mean it's doing a good job. So you got to hire somebody else. You got to hire somebody else to support. Can I um can I tell you the the thought that I've had at, like in the last like week or so at work is cuz now that I'm like in like a public workplace setting for the first time in like years my I was like immediately confronted with the concept of the social hierarchy again and I was like mm-hmm. immediately unhinged I was like okay be funny be charming be charismatic like get everyone on your side be friends with everyone yada 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 and then I was like the thing about climbing the social ladder is the, a ladder only goes up it doesn't go forward and mm-hmm. if i just like, get off that stay in my lane focus on like just being naturally charismatic because i'm very charming listeners if i just do exactly that, it's the recognizing in those moments of of like yeah i am grateful for my own like charm and yeah skills with people and and it it made work so much easier, and I think people like enjoyed talking to me more too. And it's it's a trap, but it's also very easy to get off of. Yeah, yeah. It's just you gotta occasionally remind yourself that your life is not a reality show. <laughs> and yep. Oh, that's such like you know. So like. Yeah. You don't need to charm everyone and have an alliance with everybody. <laughs> like it's <laughs> It doesn't have to be a talking head it's up here to all just the time. Exist. Just exist. Ah. Exactly. All right. Now, these are the ways that watching the circle has affected my mental health. <laughs> <laughs> do you or do you not feel like we are currently living in the circle? <laughs> when it first premiered last year, I was like, did they plan this it was a premonition a premonition of things to come Uh, but it's okay we're thriving and we're having fun yes we are yes we are yeah we're getting close to the end of our time Mm -hmm. so i want to check in with you and and find out is there anything that we didn't talk about or anything that you want to share that we haven't gotten to no we actually like no offense, covered a lot more than I thought we were going to. Like, I expected us to, like, get into it, but it's, like, so much. Like, I, I love talking with you about this stuff, and because you're so good at it. Like, I, but, like, it's just, like, Thanks. it went in so many different 
ways that I wasn't expecting that I'm absolutely like thrilled about that I can't wait to like hang up and work on also yeah yeah no I get it I get it (laughs) also I want you to take another Advil so I will um hard ditto on that love talking to you about this stuff let's go into the compliment are you ready this feels like an exam for everything I studied in the last hour (laughs) let's do it Okay, Brendan D'Souza. Uh, I just think you're great. I think uh, you are a super babe, first off. You have a great sense of style and are a very good-looking human person. I think that you are very funny and and unique, that you are different in the best way i think that it is a huge disservice to yourself uh for you to tell yourself that you are anything less than great and that that doesn't serve you at all because you have gifts and you have a good heart and you have things to contribute and you the world deserves to have those things. And the more that you get in your head or criticize yourself, the less willing to share your gifts with the world you'll be. So I really hope that you just continue on this path that you're on of like focusing on yourself and like your mental health and kicking ass and doing better. And that that leads to us, the world getting to have more and more of you. Okay, my immediate knee-jerk response was to make a joke, but I'm... Thank you very much. Thank you for not uh, making a joke to detract from the compliment. I'm really proud of you. I passed. (laughs) I genuinely am. (laughs) Okay, but now... You did great. Make the joke now that we're past it, just for the credit. Okay, give it give it two seconds of silence. Okay. Okay, now you can. Oh, I bet you say that to all your guests. Oh, I do verbatim every episode. <laughs> the listeners are really tired about it. <laughs> They're really tired of it. <laughs> Listen, strong branding. You know, I think people appreciate consistency. That's a. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, like, I improvise a theme song, but if you're, like, improvising that every time. (laughs) Oh, boy. Brendan, you're great. And thank you you so much for doing this. I admire you very much. Ditto. And uh, And thank you so much for having me. Go. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome for being here. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for all of the um, scheduling changes and things like that because of the headache that I woke up with today. And we made it through together. And I appreciate you coming with me for the ride. (laughs) And listeners, go be nice to yourself. And remember that love is everywhere.